I tell them welcome to the gray area And stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate Every other Thursday, politics to the chips Get up on this wave <laughs> Now tell me what's to talk about Cause we the only thing to talk about How you keep reality in check Just keep it real rap and don't gossip with the facts, yeah This is the gray area And I am your host, Ray Jarvis Showtime! For chapter 21 of the gray area, I felt it was time to finally give my Lakers their right spotlight. You know, with the season coming to a head, I decided that, you know, we'll shed a light on things positive, negative, realistic, and hopeful. But I couldn't do that alone. I felt like I needed someone who would be rational while I get my Lakers stand on. And for that, I wanted to bring basketball mind to the gray area James Holas, a.k.a. Snotty Drippin'. Welcome to the gray area, my friend. Oh, man, that's that wrong. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful to finally have another member of the Almighty Baller Network to come on. I always have just some above the rim come on, and I'm like, I got to get you back on here. I haven't had you on since 2016. It's long overdue. So what's going on? How's everything out west? It's going good, man. San Diego weather's uh, it's sunny and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I watch, I'm watching uh, Jalen Brown go bonkers, and I'm watching the Celtics take on the Wizards right now. I can't complain. Hey, man. How does that work out? California guy, Celtics fan. How, how did that happen? Um. Well, I'm not from Cali, man. I was, okay. I'm from the Eagles, actually. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was raised in South Carolina. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, like... I was a I was an old Bulls fan, man. I'm, I'm showing my age here. I was an old Bulls fan. I okay. watched MJ. Uh, when MJ left Chicago, man, I had no loyalty. I'm, like, I'm, not, watching <laughs> I'm not watching this one squad. You know, they broke it up, and they, they were they, they were bad. So um, I caught on with Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker and those and those cats, and uh, I enjoyed that. And then especially when Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen joined, right, you know, right. I went full bore. So. Hey, man, I, I got to respect you for being one of the few dudes who admitted that when MJ left, you left too. Facts. Oh, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> a lot of dudes be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm still a Bulls fan fronting. I'm like, come on, son. I already know that you don't cheer for the Bulls. You can't tell me A from B with this roster right now. Stop playing with me. So I appreciate you for keeping it funky off the rip. I can't lie about it, man. But you know, you out, you know, San Diego. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you get whether you want to or not. You get a lot of Lakers information. You get a lot of Laker fans telling you all kinds of craziness. And, I, you know, I've seen your work. I'm a Kobe guy. You, <laughs> you've clapped a few bullets at my dude. So I already know what to expect from this episode. Facts. So without further ado, the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, I would say they, they exceeded expectations as low as they are by getting into the 30 threshold. You know. This season for me is a success. I had them at 35 wins. I didn't think there would be anything special. I felt as though they play entertaining basketball. They would show flashes of being a possibly good team in the future. You know, players develop, B.I. develop, Lonzo here and there, Julius Randle develop. But Lonzo Ball, a.k.a. Sphere, you killed me with that when I saw that. What is your realistic... When you call Lonzo Sphere that day on Twitter, man, like I was crying, bro. You know... But what are your realistic takeaways from Lonzo Ball's rookie season? Um, okay, so I, I, he 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 both he both met my expectations, right. so he kind of what I expected, but he also exceeded them because really he, he didn't have the limitations I thought. I didn't know if the shot was going to translate, and, and so far it hasn't. Nope. Um, he had a nice little hot streak when he came back from that injury. 
And in December, he had a little streak where he, you know, but for the most part, you know, he, he has, he's not making threes. He just, he can't really score at the NBA level yet. Not at all. Not at all. And this is what I thought. And so when people get telling me, oh, he'll be fine, and he might still be fine. Understand this. And this is what, this is what got me so frustrated about the, the, the Lonzo ball, uh, just like the, the, the stands already, because I'm like, he hasn't turned anything. <laughs> but no, he might be fine. Look, when he's, he was picked number two for a reason. Right. He might be fine. I get it. He might. He might. The scoring is going to be enough. Like we, you know, he's a, he's a big guard. He's not going to be needed to score twenty five. I get it. All right, but he okay. got to. He has. He has to. He has to be able to keep the defense honest, and he can't do that yet. Um, the defense has been impressive. I didn't know if he he had the lateral quickness to be a a, a tough NBA uh, defender yet, and he's already proven he can. Right. Um, the rebounding. I mean, like I knew that he was an all around threat. I know he'd be that good of a rebounder, which. Some people underrate guard rebounding, but that to me that matters. It so, matters. No. As long yeah, as you're not stat chasing like Westbrook, carry on. Yeah, and if he does, I don't care because you know <laughs> they're like him like what, 86 and 16 when he gets tri- tripled up. So, True. Um, no, no, you're right. Yeah, but hey, the, the guy is a facilitator. I, I call Al Horford in Boston the uh, the lubricant, meaning <laughs> like he kind of makes everything. Yeah, yeah, he's an offensive lubricant. He makes everything go, and Zoe can be like that kind of player. So, and that's not bad. You know, I think, I think Ingram has star power. I think Kuzma can be a real deal, like, you know, top flight NBA, not maybe top flight score, but a dependable third score for a good team. Um, you know, so that, no, it, it's, I'll say this, when the Lakers took off, even with Zoe out and they went on a nice little streak, you know, there was a time when I think from like mid-January to like mid-March, they had like the mo- like the second or third most. Right, they were second behind the Rockets during that time frame. Yeah, absolutely I was right. They were beating good teams. Like they they turned it on. Now they're young teams, so they're not consistent. And we saw, you know, they lack consistency. That's all right. That's expected. So you know what? Exactly. I'll be the stand here. When, when Lonzo Ball came into the league, I fully expected him to be 12, 8, and 6. That was my projections for him as a rookie. I'm a little bit off, you know, 10, 7, and 7. I'll take it. You know, but my whole thing is to use your line as a lubricant. You know, he's definitely the WD-40 for the Lakers. I felt like his approach to the game instantly changed the way the Lakers wanted to play. Being that D'Angelo was there, you had Jordan Clarkson, you had Randall, you had three guys who were only concerned with scoring the ball and not moving the ball. There was never any movement. There was not much camaraderie. There was not much togetherness on the roster. Bringing him on, bringing on Kuzma, and eventually as, as Hart came along in the second half of the season, you saw a different approach to the game. So it's like a lot of times while the shot wasn't falling, the little nuggets he would do on the floor as making an extra pass or cutting for a layup or just, you know, directing guys where to be on the floor. A lot of times you see the Lakers in the past, there just be a lot of standing around, a lot of ISO ball. I'll see even if Lonzo doesn't have the ball, he's calling someone out to flash out this way. He's taking big ass Brook Lopez who never wants to post, telling him to get in the post. He's making plays and I felt like as much as he's not scoring and that shot is atrocious, we got to call a spade a spade here. I felt as though his presence alone changed the way the Lakers played basketball in a positive sense. You know, a lot of times... The stats and the visuals will support it. And, of course, the media, as I like to call them, and you like to call them they and them. They. They were killing them. I felt as though his ab- approach to the game is what changed the Lakers this season. How, how far off am I when I say that? So do you think, because, I mean, the guys missed a lot of games. Oh, for sure. So a lot of games this year. So you're saying that he started something and even when he was out, they played different because of him? Hey, you know, man, you, you got to remember. You got to remember now. They were like 2-10 and 10 at one point with Alonzo before they turned the corner. And then when Alonzo got back, they kept on rolling. You know what I mean, I'm saying? You got to give him that. Hold on. They still turned it without him. That's my point. Like, he wasn't even playing. Hey. So, like, what are we doing? We can, you, you, can't, you can't just 
give him A without B, right? They did suck without him for a while, right? They did play well with him, right? You got to give him credit. They playing well without him, and they played well even when he got back. And then he's out again, and they're still, now they're playing bad. I don't know. My yep. point is, like, <laughs> no, nah, nah, Luke Walton was already trying to play an up-tempo ball-sharing right. kind of go to the system anyway. Right. Just because it took him a while to get it in, I'm not going to give Lonzo credit for that. I'm not going to say he was, like, he, I'm not, he was obviously not a detriment. But I'm saying well, they played better credit. with him, though. They played better with him. You got to give him that. Look, look, look on the season. On the season, he's been a net negative, meaning that the team, they performed better when he was on the bench than they did when he was in. Like, that's 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 not a lie. This is just this is not like some advanced stat. They just show you when he's in, this is how they do. When okay. he's out, this is you know what I'm saying? Touche. I told you I'm here to be a stand, bro. I'm I got my stand hat on tonight, man. I'm being. <laughs> he, he definitely exceeded. Like, I was just like, well, I don't know if this stuff is going to translate to the pro level, right? And it did translate though. He's. I just don't. He's know gonna why. get better. Like your point about defense, I didn't expect him to play that well of defense because the way they, they the way they they set him up, and especially sometimes the UCLA when he did go up against decent guards, the top level guards, I didn't really see that that ball pressure. I saw him play. He's always been good at playing the passing lanes, but he always had a problem staying in front of people. And once he got to the pro level, he he was kind of surprising. He even bodied up here and there with guys. I think GP, I read somewhere had him top five defensive point guards in the league. I'm like Gary Payton said Lonzo Ball top five in his position defensively. Surprise, surprise. But, you know, I think it's, it's the whole instincts. His lateral movement is good enough. And I think more than anything else, his length has helped him at the pro level. Well, he's not, I don't, I still don't think he's a lockdown one-on-one. No, 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 absolutely not. But he's very smart. He has long, those long arms. He gets to his passing lanes. Right. He doesn't gamble. He's really like, so, you know, uh, yes, his defensive instincts. Like, I, I, I even heard people say, hey, that should translate. And I was like, ah, because I saw him, like, his uh his hips aren't really fast. No, pivot go, go like north and south really fast. He has but no wiggle to his game. His, yeah, yeah. So he's really, but he's really smart about his positioning and mm-hmm. using his length and rebounding. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm giving him his props. I'm giving him his props. I didn't think he'd be a bust. I just and I kept saying this the whole time when people kind of coming at me mm-hmm. about being a hater. I never say he's gonna suck. I thought he's gonna be a fine. He's like I, I kept saying that he's gonna be a fine pro. I mean, listen, listen, you know, look at the West. Hold on, hold on, look at the West. Look at the West. Yeah. He might never be an all-star. It's going to be tough, bro. But the, the, the one benefit to being a Laker is if the Lakers end up being good at some point or the other with Lonzo as the point guard, he, he's going to end up starting. It, it, it's just by default. It's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It's, he'll be a starting point guard in the all-star game if the Lakers are good no, with him at the point guard really. position. You don't think really. so? There's, you, too many, there's too many guards. And if they're going to if they're gonna be good, guess who it's going to be? But come it's on, man. Lakers fans are very belligerent about their players. Be Ingram's going to be a 25-point-a-game or like 20, 25 a game. Ingram's going to be a 25-point-a-game uh, score. Right. It's going to be because whoever, whatever free agent they bring in, right, is going to okay. be uh, be a dog. So, I mean, like, look. Hey, Dame, Dame Lillard's only what? How old is Dame? Dame is about 25, I think, 26, somewhere in that vicinity. Dame might be 27, 28, but, I mean, Dame's going to be an all-star for years. True. You know what I'm saying? Russ is 28. Russ is going to be an all-star for the next three, four, five And Russ couldn't even get voted in, and he's the triple-double MVP. You don't think think Laker fans will push through for that? You're underselling us, man. How old is Steph Curry? How old is Steph Curry? Steph Curry's 29. 30, 30. He's 30. He just turned 30 recently. So Curry still got, you know, years as right, a shooter. Right. So my point is, I don't care about the Lakers, you know, that's fan vote. Don't right. forget, fan vote everything. You fan vote right. everything. True, true, true. It's a big part, though. It's a big part, but it's not big enough because okay. guess what? I, I get it. People will love them, but the players still got, the coaches still got, uh, you know, uh, the their part. The players got part. So I don't know, man. All right, I don't know. But, but back to your point about people hating, you know. 
it, I feel as though his daddy played a role in that to a point where you had to choose a side when it came to Lonzo Ball. You couldn't be rational. You know what I'm saying? Like, now I'm going to take the stand head off for a second. The optics, the, the audio of his pops and the optic of his game, the first, I would say, month or so, month and a half, it, it, it hurt. And it's like now people coming on the back end and really trying to hop on the bandwagon because they had a good stretch. It's a little ridiculous to me. I feel as though Lonzo Ball coming in was never going to be like this game changer. I always felt like he was going to be a long play. Like maybe year four or so, we'd really start to see him flourish in the league because, God, that shot is broken. But what I did see right before he got hurt was he started turning down a couple of those three-point shots. Started, you know, a little mid-range started coming in. So year two, Lonzo Ball. If he's able to, like, get some type of a mid-range or some kind of a drive and, you know, hits the gym, gets a little bit bigger, what do you think What do you think his projections are if he improves? Like, maybe, like, 13, 8, and 8, somewhere in that vicinity? I mean, he definitely could be a 15, 7, and 7 guy. Okay, okay. You know, I mean, he's showing it. Like, you know, even, like, this year without a jump shot, you know, as soon as poorly as he is, he's, mm-hmm. he's averaging What's the average? 12, 7, and 7 right now? 10. We ain't giving them two. It's <laughs> 10, 7, and 7. But he's 10, 7, and 7. So, right. yeah, you know, 14, 8, and 8. The, the dude could, you know, I got to give it to him. He, he knows how to play basketball. True indeed. He, he won't four shots. He's going to get guys the ball where they need it. So, yeah, man. It, I mean, that's, especially like you said, you add a guy like Paul George to that mix. And you got him and Ingram. That's that's something. That's something. That's what, what I've mean? been trying to tell people. We're gonna get into that in in a couple of minutes. But before we get there, um, you got a lot of belligerent Laker fans who who are like, oh, we're the Lakers. We're successful. We win championships. We go to the finals. They call in the season a failure. Personally, I think the season was a success. As a rational person that you are, would is this Lakers season a push, a failure, or a success? This was to me was supposed to be a developmental season anyway. Okay. When I thought people saying Lakers to the playoffs, I thought that was ridiculous. So to me, yes, this season was definitely a success. Okay. For Lakers. Okay. Uh, definitely. You, we got Lonzo Ball plenty of minutes. Uh, he, injuries, man. That's kind of it's annoying. Missed, it's annoying. He missed like half the season, didn't he? About thirty games. I think he only played. I, I think before he got hurt the last time, he had played fifty games. So he's he's on pace to miss thirty two. Man, that's a lot of games. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but part of it, I felt as though they were holding him out because we weren't really playing for anything as well. Same thing with Ingram. Right. Uh, Ingram, you know, I love, I love, I loved watching him develop, and you know, they actually let him play a little point. Ingram, that was awesome. Right. Um, Opened his game up a lot. Yeah, he impressed me. Kuzma obviously shocked me, but I think that people need to punt the brakes on Kuzma because as good as he started off, he had a nice, he had a long spell in the middle of the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what it is about Kyle Kuzma? Being that his whole his whole season right now is foul money. Considering where he's drafted at, considering there was no hypes around him, most of us was like, Kyle Kuzma, who's this light-skinned dude they just drafted from Utah? Nobody knew who this guy was. So seeing that he, he outperformed what we expected, we kind of gassed him up a little bit. Even the way he perf- like plays the game, a lot of times we see him t- rushing shots, taking superstar hero ball shots. Like He started to believe his own hype, got the Kuzmania t-shirts and all of that. I agree. I think, if anything, Kuzma, no shade to him, but is a victim of circumstance. Like Being that there's other guys who are good around him, he gets to shine in pockets where nobody's necessarily checking for him. Like, What are we going to do next season when people are looking to see what Kuzma does? You have a whole offseason to prepare for him. Then I'll start believing 100% the hype. But right now, I'm kind of fringe on Kyle Kuzma. Uh, I mean, again, if he's your best player, you're not a good team. If he's your third or fourth best player, which he will be mm-hmm. with you know, uh, Ingram, 
Zoe, uh, whoever else they they bring in another person. Is he if he's your third or fourth best player, you're fine. You know what I mean? And he'll have games where he goes nuts like he did. I think against the Celtics, he you know he exposed like forty or something. He went nuts. He sure yeah. did. <laughs> you know? My my thing with Kuz is his defense. He's okay. not a good defender. Not at all. Um, and that's gonna have to improve. And he has the size and athleticism. Well, I'm not really stressing about it. He's a young player, so. I'm looking at his numbers now, man, and from the 1st of January through the All-Star break, uh, you know, he shot 41%, 31% from three, and he averaged less than 13 points a game. I mean... That's after, after his strong start. So, right. I mean, it, yeah, he's up and down, and he needs a guy like... He needs, like, he needs Zoe on the floor to, he, he, you know... He's the guy who benefits the most from Lonzo Ball. That's 100%. I can't argue absolutely. that. He runs the floor, and he gets open shots from Lonzo Ball. So, now, um, yeah, definitely this... And then, like, Josh... It was Josh Hart? Yeah. Love you know, him. like... Yeah, it's definitely... It, this is a... I, 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 the fact that they went on that streak when, you know, they, they second most wins in the league... They played above the heads. That by itself was, was uh, you know, that made a successful season. True indeed. You know, and I, I've had arguments to people and they were ready to drive Luke Walton out of town. Even just the other day I had a debate about Luke Walton and how he was using guys like the dinosaur Brook Lopez. And I'm just like, listen, man, certain guys are not priorities. The, the young guys were the priorities. If, if Brook Lopez decides that he wants to play like a shooting guard, he's going to play like a shooting guard. That's, that, that's not <laughs> the coach's job to tell a vet to get in the post when he's seven foot and has post moves. But if I see the improvement... Of a Kuzma, of a Ingram, of a Lonzo throughout the season, of a Julius Randle, of a Hart, and, and other guys. Even Zubak had moments uh, of decent looks. I got to give the coaches love. I mean, NBA, for the most part, at the highest levels, the coaches do a decent job. But we know it's a player's league, but sometimes you got to show love to the coaches. I, I, I never understood the Luke Walton hate. It seems like it's like residual Golden State hate when I hear people bash Luke Walton. It's Nah, it's the fact that, again, you said it earlier, Lakers fans have unrealistic expectations. Okay. This Fact. is year, what, year two of Luke Walton? Right. Right? Luke, year two, and they're like, hey, but look what he did at Golden State. And now he has this pick, Lonzo. And, and he has Ingram. And, if, you know, look, we you, you even as a stand, you're being realistic, yeah. right? They look bad at times. Absolutely. But, and that's some Lakers fans just didn't accept that. So it's always oh, loose fault. Some you know, Lakers fans were trying to, like, you, get into this whole thing about, like, Kobe. And I'm like, the, Kobe's part of the reason why we in this spot right now, and I love Kobe. You know, your boy, your 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 boy Zoe's dad didn't help. Oh my with his God. You know what I mean? So it's a testament to Luke Walton and his system and what he's trying to build there. That they had that nice little streak, and we know that they play hard every night. Even when they lose, they play hard. Okay, they've uh, they've had some wins against teams that they shouldn't have won. As Agreed. far as you know, on paper, so that's good. And so next year, these guys will come back with you know. And I love the way that their locker rooms come together. I love True. the way that like you know Kuzma and, and Ingram always killing each other on Instagram and having right. fun. Yep, you know yep. that's dope, man. It's that a good chemistry point. is key. All yeah. right, so. I'm on the fence. Since he came into the league, I've been on the fence about Julius Randle. I'm still on the fence about Julius Randle. Like, I'm at a point where I'm like, he shows me that he can play, but is this contract here Julius Randle or, or is this Julius Randle? You know, when some days I want to keep him, some days I want to toss him. Like, what, what, what do I do as, as a Laker fan? Should I want to keep Julius Randle or should I throw him over the bridge? I mean, you should want to keep him. Okay. He's your draft pick. He's your homegrown guy. He's, you know, he, he struggled with you guys. And I get it. I was, I was kind of, I was out on him. Oh, huh. same here. I was out on him before. Yeah. And then this season, um, it was obvious that he wasn't part of the plans, and I thought he was as good as gone. Huh. The fact that they put him in the starting lineup and they started winning, that I mean, that's a testament to him as a person. 
And as a player, to keep his head strong and be like, mm-hmm. you know what? All I can control is what I can control. He's going to command a lot of money this summer. Well, and here's a good thing for the Lakers. It's called the uh, it's an economic oh it's a it's a it's an economic uh, desert right now. Right. In NBA. Right. They, they blew their load a couple summers ago. As far as they all lost their mind with that new money. Absolutely. And so now teams don't have a lot of cap space. Very few teams have the money to try to say, hey, what we want we want to give Randall 16, 17 million a year. A lot of teams just don't have that kind of money. So you guys might Lakers might get lucky and be able to get him. All right, this is the thing. When they have they have all this cap space, mm-hmm. if they um I think his cap hold is pretty big though. So I don't know how they're gonna have to play it. Nah, it's, it's, it's not. I think his cap hold is pretty low, bro. I think it's about six or seven million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, let's we're gonna take a look at it, and that's not bad at all. But I, I think I thought part of the fact that they were gonna get those two max slots was mm-hmm. that now his rights and lose that cap hole. So that's where it's gonna be tricky because obviously they can go into the you know they can have a right, they can pay them anything they want. Right. So once they sign those two, ma- uh, if they get those two max for agents, then sure, you know, hey, go into the cap to get, to keep Julius Randle, go into the the luxury tax. I guess. I you know what my whole thing is this with Julius Randle, you mm-hmm. know, it, he he looks good, especially after they moved Nance and they kind of committed to giving him big minutes and they played him a lot of times as that small ball five and they, and they open his game up a little bit more. He showed me something. But it's like, if this is the real Julius Randle, I don't mind keeping him at about 17 mil per. My fear is some team out there trying to give him auto porter money. We saw how that worked out, and then the Lakers decided they want to match. Like, he's not a $100 million player at all. And I, I don't want to see that the Lakers are matching any kind of $100 million deal. I don't, I don't want any parts of that when it comes to Julius Randle. Well, you need to watch out, though, because Dallas is in the Yes. Mix. They got money. That's, he's a hometown Dallas guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like they got money and they might, especially if they have one of those poison pill contracts, right? Right. Right, where the contract where it's like, yeah, we're going to get you, you know, uh, 12, you know, 12 mil. And then like in the last season, the balloons are like, you know, 20 mil. Ridiculous. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's the case, then guess what? You tip your hat, shake his hand, and say, thank you for what you've done, Julius. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You are now a former Laker. You know, but that, Dallas has been attached to him since the front end of the season. Like, I've been hearing that Dallas talk since training camp. So, with this smoke, I believe this this fire. I think that they're going to be in competition. But, you know, if the Lakers are small, all this LeBron talk, all this Boogie Cousins talk, there's, there's only one guy as we transition to the free agency talk that the Lakers need to talk talk about. I believe it's Paul George. I don't, I don't think the Lakers need anything else beyond Paul George with the squad that they have right now. The belligerent Lakers fans right now yelling at me, we got to get LeBron, we got to get PG, get this guy, get that guy. I'm like, why? Why would you want LeBron if you have Lonzo? Not to say they're comparable, but the kind of team you're building and you, you drafted this rookie point guard, why would you want to add a guy who needs the ball in his hands? You know what I'm saying? I say, um, what's up, man? You you flying it. What's up? So if you, if Zoe, I get what you're saying, right? And and like, as a fan, I can see where you're coming from. I'm the same way with, about, about LeBron James. Right. Boston's a little further ahead in the game than, you know, and has a little more, a little more uh, skin in the game than the Lakers do right now. So right. like, my position is a little more like, well, if you add LeBron, you have a good team and you're already at a level. For the Lakers, it seems like, sure. Like, look, how much longer do we think LeBron's playing? I don't know. <laughs> I can't even call it anymore to be 100. All right, let's be real. The guy's, what, 30? He's going to be 33, I think, I'll give him year? four more realistic yes. Let's throw four out there. Four to five. So, like, even so, like, you could you could play LeBron with a guy like Zoe. Okay. Especially, you know, Zoe has to get a jumper together to play off LeBron. Mm. When LeBron goes to the bench, Zoe can run the offense. Okay. I think he could work. And then, like, again, 
then when LeBron starts transitioning, to, hey, LeBron transitions to power forward, he gets a little older, so can do his thing. So, like, as a, a team like the the Lakers right now, where they are in their in their development, LeBron mm-hmm. would do wonders for him because not only would he bring that, you know, he would tie everything together and be the backbone of that offense and take the pressure off those young boys. He'd also maximize them, right? Because okay. hey, Ingram and Kuz got to run the floor, and he'll find them. Okay, Joe's ran out the pin man on the basket. LeBron's gonna find you. Uh, you know, Zoe could just kind of do his thing and float off and, and, and fill in the gaps and be that, you know, that lubricant. And LeBron will find him for layups and backdoor cuts. Mm. So, like, for the for two or three years, that'd be great. And then LeBron either transitions out or, you know, LeBron, I don't see LeBron playing until he's 40, right? True. I don't see LeBron. So, he, you know, he's a businessman. He'll transition Who's out. Who's to say he... LeBron even signs for four years? He's been on this one and one deal for, for about as long as he's been in Cleveland. So maybe he signs a one and one with the Lakers, if, you know? So, so guess what? He comes back. He automatically makes the team a contender. He yeah. automatically up the up the cachet of the Lakers. Let's say he goes over there and he brings Paul George with him. They're right. right there. Boom. You know, even if he leaves after two years, you got Paul George locked in for four or five years. Okay. Um, he doesn't get Paul George. Let's say I don't know who's another free agent can follow him. Uh, let's say even they get, they get Boogie Cousins for cheap. Yeah, you know, absolutely so, with like, the Achilles. Yeah, he he just he 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 automatically just boosts the Q rating of the Lakers, and all of a sudden the Lakers are half in joint. He does that for two or three years, you know, cements his legacy even more, and then he's gone. And now you now hey, now Zoe's older, more mature, and learn from LeBron James. You know, so it's not a bad it's not a bad thing. You know what? This is why I wanted you to come on, rational guy, because I'm gonna keep it 100. I'm belligerent anti-LeBron with the Lakers. I don't want them in anywhere near my squad. Don't ask me why. I'm just I'm just not no, feeling no, it. You know why? The same reason I want him to go to Philly. Because <laughs> you no, know, because it's not it's not even about competing with the Celtics. You right. go to Philly, that'd be great. But I like to see what Embiid is doing. Right. Like that's exactly. You get me. And they're earning their stripes. They're learning, man. They're building. It's kind of like when KD and Harden and Russ, those guys were great. And we got and to we see got that to for a couple of years. Right. We got they a finals out of that. They took their lumps. They were, you know, they won 35 or whatever. The next right. They won like 50. And next thing they know, they're winning 60. And like, you're like, wow, that team just developed in front of our eyes. Right. You know what it is? And once again, it's showing our age. In, in our time, back in our day, Teams got to develop. They took their lumps. And then when they, they became, you know, veterans, experienced, they made deep playoff runs and they messed around and got to a finals, you know? And that's what I want to see. I, I'm looking forward in 2020 to possibly getting a Philly and Lakers matchup with these young guys growing up together. Like that TNT game in Philly, a few, uh, I think like two months ago, I'm like, yo, I can see this in the, in the, in the finals eventually. And I really don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want LeBron touching that, you know? And I tell you, this my, my ultimate Laker team that I, I'm looking at right now, and I saw a couple of the writers touch on it. If you bring in a Paul George, like, let's say now hypothetically, you have Lonzo at 6'6 as your point guard. PG can play two. B.I. can play the three. Kuzma at the four and Randall at the five. That That's a versatile start. And that's a dangerous five in my eyes, you know? Absolutely. I, I, that's the team I want to see next season. That's I think Paul George, he, if any, as crazy as it sounds, not playing with Westbrook or playing with the, the kind of style the Lakers want to play, you get to open up PG's game even more so without having like a Super Bowl dominant point guard. And then if nobody wants Isaiah Thomas, you throw him a little short-term bag, six man off the bench, little squad right there. That's how I'm looking at it. My one thing about like my thing about I think Paul George would fit, I think he'd be perfect in LA or in mm-hmm. Philly. True. My thing is that he's he made it clear like early in the season. And you know what? Paul George talks a lot, so we don't know. He's but been he hedging all year, man. He did say that, like, even he said this, and this is this is like really honest. Him, he's like, "What would it take to get me to LA? I'd have, to, I, I don't, I wouldn't be the first one. It has to be somebody else there." 
So he already kind of made it clear. It's, that's the ball is in like LeBron James' court or something to right. say, I'm, I'm going to LA. You got to come with me. He doesn't want to be. And you, got, you can't blame him. As good as LA's young core is, Paul George is still I think 26, 27 now. Yeah, he's in a, he's in his prime. He don't have time to waste. He doesn't have time to to to, to grow with a young squad. So I mean, it'd be interesting to see though. Well, look, man. I'm starting to believe that Paul George has a little bit of mellow in him in terms of his decision-making being a little sketchy when it comes to picking teams, you know, or like how he goes about his free agency. He could have just kept it 100, been quiet, and let Indiana handle a business. I felt like, much like Mellow in that New York situation, he's pushing the, the envelope a little too much, and he's going to end up in a situation with a team that doesn't fit him as 100%, and he won't win anything, because trust me, I, he's not winning anything with Russell Westbrook. I, I don't see it. They might be better without Melo next season if Melo doesn't opt in, but I just Mello don't see those. In. He's opt, he's Mello. opting in? He's $28 million. He's not getting that anywhere. Jesus. So that, they not, that's another year he lost. He might as well come to L.A. if he's going to lose years with Melo. Come to L.A., you know? It all depends on the playoffs. I, I'm with you already. I'm already kind of resigned to the fact that he's leaving. Okay. Um, now, here's the thing. Again, we say Philly just won 50 games. Mm-hmm. Like if it Philly will be to, tasty. Oh my god! I mean, you put him in there for JJ Reddick. <laughs> now you got Ben Simmons, uh, Paul George, Covington Chris, in there. Robert Covington, uh, our boy Embiid, and yep. I mean, I guess uh, oh Sarge. That's Sarge a Western Conference fine. style team right there. That length and athleticism. Jesus Christ! Fact. Hey, your young Lakers core is looking promising. Philly got you beat. I, I'm gonna need Magic to come in there on some Birdman rubbing his hands. Like, listen. You know where you want to be. Philly's nice, but we're nicer. You know, I don't. I just believe that next year, even without PG, if you keep this team together, the Lakers might steal about 40, 40 to 43 wins in the West next year. Just if they could steal 34 to 35 this year, why not? But, you know, come on, Paul George, come on down. But, all right, before we, we shift gears, uh, you have the Lakers stands who want everybody. What is, a, in your opinion, a realistically successful offseason for the Lakers? Uh, if you got two max slots, you got to get a max free. Right. You got to get somebody to come in. And, I mean, I'll say that even if you don't, it's not like a, a failure because, again, like that young core, you can just shift here. You could throw more money at somebody like um, like you guys did KCP this year. Yeah. I mean, not KCP, you want it, but you can throw a one-year deal at somebody and, and get them to come over. Like even, let's say you guys threw like 15 million at J.J. Reddick to get him the jump shot. I want Reddick. I wanted him last yeah. year. So, but yeah, I mean, it's after all the maneuvering and moving D'Angelo Russell, who I, I'm still high on D'Angelo Russell. And I think it, they, I think they kind of, I get it. They had to kind of make that move to open up that space and get rid of um, Maz, Mazdorf. Yep. But he's such a talented player. I, I would love to see him and Zoe play together. That's not for nothing. That's exactly what I wanted. Cause I'm like, if, if you would have had Lonzo 6'6, 6'5, D'Lo, who, who's more of a scorer than a point guard anyway. Those two guys alone would have been dynamic in the backcourt. And I felt like I mean, we cheated ourselves not getting that. Him, uh, Lonzo, Bi, Ingram, Ingram, yep. And then, like, Kuzma was still available. He might have still been available at your, at your at, I think you guys had the, what, the 28th yeah. or something. Nobody knew. Got him, you know, and even if you didn't, we just said it. Ingram, uh, Joe, and D'Angelo, that's, that's nice. Fact. You know, so, and then Julius Randle. You know, you already have you already have four young pieces ready to roll. So, oh no, you know. But we had to get off that Mozgov contract because I don't know what Bust and Cupjack was really trying to do, throwing them con- that kind of money at 
But then again, I know what they were, we were trying to do. They, they believed that the amnesty would still be available to them when they signed Daniel Mozgov. And then the NBA pulled the okey-doke, <laughs> not, not bringing that back, which I still don't understand 100%. Like, I thought that was good for the league. I thought, you know, it saved owners from themselves, saved GMs from themselves, and they got rid of the amnesty clause, you know? Laker conspiracy well, theorists like me, I believe that they, they, do, they do everything to stick it to the Lakers. I have no proof to back that up, but that's just how I feel. I'm just looking at the free agent list next year, man. And, you know, outside of the big guns, LeBron and Paul George, it's kind of slim pickings, you know? Absolutely. Derek Favors? Nah. No. You know? uh, oh. Oh, Aaron Gordon's uh, restricted. And I would love to see y'all throw money at him, too. But, I mean, that's, that's I don't know, man. You know I, what? Before, like, the whole Paul George thing, let's say, like, me, no max guys. Like, the, what I wanted to do was... Get a shooter Whoever that guy is Whoever's available Who's a dead eye shooter Get Lonzo a shooter KCP's nice But he needs a shooter Next to him on the floor Just for space purposes And I wanted an athletic five Like I looked at Nerlens Noel Just chilling in Dallas Not doing anything I'm like Let's go get Nerlens You know what I mean He could play like a little Like DJ Light For what the Lakers Are trying to do Especially if you want to Keep Randall around And Randall has No paint presence to speak of He Everything he does Is elbowing down He doesn't really like Post up So we need an athletic five Who can you know Somewhat rim protect Catch some alleys Run the floor So I'm like Get a shooter Get some athletes In the front court And let's just keep running You know that That's what I wouldn't mind that If we can't get any big names I, I wouldn't want to see Nerlens and Julius Randall Be too ugly you think well, neither, yeah, neither one can shoot. Ah, fair, fair. But it's too much clutter. Um, Aaron now, Gordon will work with, with Randall, you think? I think so, because I think we saw Aaron Gordon has developed. Um, he's not a great shooter, okay. but he, he can play. Like this year, I think he shot 35% from three. Mm. You know? And he shot a lot of them early. And, then, you know, he's inconsistent, but yeah, he showed he could, he's not scared to pull it. So, um, yeah, it's either one or the other. I think I Gordon, like yeah, Gordon would add that same that same versatility, man. You can play him, Randall, Ingram. That's that's but, that's beat. Yeah, but he's restricted, so we got to see what Orlando's trying to do. If Orlando's not trying to keep him, or we throw a type of, a different type of bag at him, it, it might be something to figure out. Um, I, I think we can stop right here. But you know, playoffs are starting this weekend. Real quick, not not saying predictions, but is it any potential matchup that you think could be really worth looking at in the first round in terms of an upset? Uh upset so we're talking I, I kind of like I think I don't think I think uh, just our guy HP basketball that's Matt Moore mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. saying that there's no way we can get Rockets Utah just because of the way the season is going to end up right. but that would be a nice one I would like to see Utah because Utah they're such a good defensive team and you know it would have been nice to see them go against the best offensive team so right. far so that'd be nice um Golden State is is weakened right now. No so, Steph. I've been telling people yeah. Steph is the key, but they didn't want to hear it. I, I'm surprised that they've looked as shaky as they have. Draymond has taken seems like he's taking a step back defensively. This oh year. yeah. Uh, so I think any team that Golden State's playing in the first round, because wait, look, that's like Utah's a really quality team. No, I think that right now it's looking like okay seeing Golden State in the first round. That might be must see. Might be. Might be, maybe, maybe Paul George finds his, uh, you know, I mean, not Paul George, uh, Melo finds Mello. his, yeah. his game. He's the key. If he can play at a decent level, he's going to give them a shot because you know, Russ, they have no answer for Russ, Russell Westbrook. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, man. So I'm, that's definitely that'd be my favorite series to watch. I'm looking at Washington and Toronto. Toronto might get caught slipping with John Wall and Bradley Bill. Like that's a series that no one's talking about. 
that that might catch Toronto slipping in the first round because I'm not I'm not fully out on Washington yet. Like I was concerned about like the teammates not necessarily being a fan of their point guard, but in the playoffs, you know, superstars usually matter a lot more than in the regular season in certain scenarios. So Wall and Bill, if they are Wall and Bill, like the brand names that they showed us they could be last season, you never know. That Toronto matchup might be there for the taking. I'm not believers in Wall and Bill right now. Ooh. They just look too disjointed. They look too disjointed. They look uh, something about that chemistry is off. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I don't. I'm not in the, the. I'm not plugged into Washington, but I was right. talking to a couple of the, the bloggers and some of the the, the beat writers. Mm-hmm. There's been a thing about Wall and Bill. Listen, and, uh, since, right, Wall and Bill. Wall and Bill don't seem like they like out of quarter. Bro, I, I, let me tell you, money messed that game up. First, when when Wall got salty, when Bill got paid, that was an issue. I think he made a comment about Bill having to earn his money now, which I don't think that's not something you say after your teammate gets the bag. And then of right. course they looking at Auto Porter like you got a hundred and four million dollars to do what exactly? You know what I'm saying? And right. these guys have already shown their hand in that they're a little too emotional. They 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 fly off the handle when it comes to that paper, and you can't win when you, when you kind of like you, you, you're kind of girly, you kind of catty. No no team is winning when they catty. But I guess it's my lack of faith in Toronto mixed in with my my belief in the abilities of Wall and Bill that while I'm hedging that that first round upset. I was I was. I was kind of a, I was confident in Toronto as far as, hey, no team but the, the Cavs. Right. Work on. But they've been, uh, they've been like a little shaky lately, even though they've kind of turned it around the last couple games. I don't know, man. It's when, you, <laughs> when, you on, when you depend on young guys in the playoffs, you know, everything changes in the playoffs. So the regular season is one thing. Let's see how these guys perform when the pressure uh, turns up. You know what I mean? True indeed. Before I let you go, I need you to do one thing for me, man. Identify yourself to the world. Identify yourself. Let the people know what you do, where they can find you, social media, blogging, podcasts. Let them know about yourself a little bit. I'm spread out a little bit, man. I've been I've been I've been BS, I've been lazy, but you can check me out on on Twitter. It's at Snotty Drippin'. Uh, homage to the great Scotty Pippen. Uh you can see me at uh, bballbreakdown.com. Um you can see me at realballinsiders.com. You can see me listen to the blog, uh, to the podcast at uh, Dunktails, uh, Dunktails Pod on Twitter, and then that's uh, part. We're part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, and um, that's about it. That's good enough. People, he's working. Yo, Snotty, man, I appreciate you for giving me the time tonight to talk some Lakers, be a rational basketball guy while I wear my stand hat. I think we accomplished a lot of things tonight, man. Yeah, man, I, I talked about the Lakers for how long? <laughs> Damn near 40 minutes. <laughs> let, me go, let me go take a shower, man. I feel dirty. <laughs> Appreciate you for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Have a good one. All right, man. Gray area listeners, as the saying goes. Whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.